What's up, y'all? This is the one and only shot to Thunder Willie Mac. It's your boy Hot Fire. This is Fred Ottman, Tugboat Typhoon. This is Royce, I-S-A-A-C, Dollar Sign. Hello, everyone. This is the interview queen, Alicia T. This is the Callahan Death Machine in the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling, Sammy Callahan. This is the AirPod God, MLW star, Richard Holiday. And you're listening to. And you're listening to. And you're listening to Broken But Glorious. Broken But Glorious. Broken But Glorious. Hey, yeah. So, hello, everyone. It's Stephen Jackson, a.k.a. DJ215, here again with another exclusive interview. And I'm delighted to be joined by the truth, Peter Olisander of Denmark. So, how are you doing, Peter? Hi, Stephen. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. Oh, no, you're welcome. No, it's absolutely, you know, it's an absolute pleasure to have um, the current Body Slam champion over in uh, over in Denmark with us from uh, Body Slam Wrestling. Um, I can't, you know, it, I, I'm really getting into the um, the Denmark and Scandinavian, you know, territories. So it's a pleasure to have you on. So thank you. Oh, no problem, man. Hashtag uh, Scandigraps for life, yes. baby. <laughs> yeah, Scandi. I was. That's one of the questions. Actually, we may as well start there with uh, Scandi graps. It's kind of become a bit of a, um, you know, a, a trend on Twitter as uh, Scandi graps. So, um, in terms of like what Scandi graps involves, because obviously there's European style of wrestling and British wrestling and things. What kind of, um, for those who don't know, what kind of does Scandi graps wrestling kind of look like, or what does it take form, and has it got its own particular style? Ooh, one particular. I don't think it's uh, one particular style, but I, from my point of view, Scandigraps is more story based, or, or try to be more story based. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to styles, it's like um, we don't have one style, but I think that's you know normal. Uh, we have access to wrestling streaming services from all around the world, so. I think many styles are going to get mixed up and uh, like, you know, uh, mixed martial arts back in the day, you did one martial arts and UFC came around and then all of a sudden you mixed all those arts. Yeah. Uh, I think the same thing is happening with wrestling, but I think what Scandi Grabs has to offer is this more character story uh, based kind of wrestling. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've, I've found that with when I've been watching um you know, and I've watched Body Slam and watched, um, you know, a lot of the Nordic promotions, and it is a lot more story based and a lot more sort of, um, you know, hard hitting and traditionally European. I mean, if I had to compare it myself, I would say that it's a lot like um, there was CWA back in Germany, back in sort of the late late eighties, early nineties, where um, like. Finley used to wrestle and things and it's very much like that where it's kind of like hard hitting but they tell a good story in the ring and it's very sort of slow paced and slow burning but it's got a real intensity to it um and it's great to watch you know it, it because it blurs that line between what do you see as being real and then what do you see as being you know um wrestling you may say um because i mean you are very you are very physical in the ring um you know, and have you ever kind of come across any hesitation from wrestlers wanting to get in there because it is particularly physical? You know, it's a lot more sort of hard hitting than other, you know, styles of wrestling. Has there ever been a bit of a worry from the wrestlers thinking I might not be able to, you know, take the hard hits and things? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, I, to be honest, I don't think we are more hard hitting than 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 you know uh, many other wrestling companies. I mean, I, I haven't met any kind of hesitation, but what I have met is the feeling that you want to do it again. Mm. You want to do it again, and you want to come again, and you want to do it again. So I I think we're doing our job pretty well. I mean, we 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 are very safe with each other, uh, and and for you to say. It, looks it still looks good that means you know that we're doing our job correctly if you yeah. know what i mean yeah absolutely uh, because yes we are physical and, and, and yes sometimes it's hard hitting sure but it's i never met that hesitation ever to be honest no to refer back to what i said it's like when you come out or when other guys come out it's like we can do this again tomorrow no problem yeah. let's do it Right. So, um, so that's a compliment, uh, not only to me, but I think if, if, if uh, our trainer listens to this, you know, he's going to be nodding uh, in acknowledgement, like, yes, yes, yeah. we did it. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you know, um, because for me, it's all about the, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of Japanese wrestling and, you know, like all Japan and things like that, where it is very physical, very hard hitting. Mm -hmm. And when you are able to blur that line between, you know, reality and sort of, um, you know, fantasy in terms of traditional wrestling, but then again, sort of storyline-esque wrestling in, well, I say storyline, but like more sort of the, um, you know, American style um, soap opera-esque wrestling and things. Mm -hmm. It's a really great thing to be able to do. Um, and it's interesting because in terms of like the, the American style of wrestling, when I listened to one of your recent interviews, your first memory from what you said of um, wrestling or, or first introduction was um, SmackDown, just bring it for the PlayStation 2. <laughs> yes. Um, and, you know... Was it a sort of big shock to see? The question I have is when you played it in game form on the PlayStation, mm -hmm. when you actually saw it on TV, was it a shock to see it in sort of physical form from playing it on the, the PlayStation 2? Like, did it feel or did it look like it was played when you played it, or did it sort of look even more exciting? Oh, well, I, I, it was more exciting, you know, to, to, uh, to watch, uh, you know, real humans doing it, uh, yeah. other than you know playing it on the PlayStation Two. Um, so was it a shock? I, I remember it was, but it was more like, do people really do this? And I was also, you know, in between the illusion of is this real or is it, you know, um, choreographed or yeah. choreographed? You know, yeah. Um, I really wanted to believe that wrestling was real i guess to be honest it's like okay these people are really doing it because it looks like they're doing it but i have never in my life seen anyone in any kind of fight do let's say a hurricane runner but i really liked <laughs> the illusion of it being real yeah but at the same time it was it, it was like how can they do this you know two three four times a week when they're taking such a beating yeah <clears throat> So when I came to peace with that, okay, wrestling is not as real as I want it to be, but it doesn't matter because it just made it more exciting. Yeah. In, in that aspect, like I always, uh, always not, we talked 
different wrestling styles. But I always loved, you know, the American style, uh, the 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 showman in wrestling. Yeah. Because I have a little showman in me as well. So that actually captivated me more, knowing that these were actually actors, but also their own stuntmen. Yeah. So I could actually, I, I found a place where I could act, but at the same time, I could be physical. Yeah. Because before wrestling or pro wrestling, I started doing pro wrestling. I, I did MMA. So that was only the physical aspect. Yeah. Pro wrestling, I could act meanwhile. So it was <laughs> like the two, you know, two good world, worlds uh, merging and then created the perfect world for me. So, yeah. Um, I I mean I remember I mean I can sort of um you know relate to that as a fan not not in terms of kind of practicing a martial art or anything like that but you know where it does blur that line between as we just mentioned reality and you know fiction but also you know you just can't believe that these people are able to do this day in and day out with what they you know they're doing and it's just such an adrenaline rush and I mean mm-hmm. you know the um. At that time as well. I mean, did did you kind of, with just bring it? It was just around the time of the. It had been the invasion, I believe, or the invasion was mm-hmm. happening. It had yeah. been WrestleMania seventeen, and it had been the Attitude Era. So that had kind of gone by. Like, did you um, did you then find WWE quite soon on TV after playing the game, or had it? Was there a bit of a transition between the the game and watching it on TV? So, like, had things changed a little bit, like the rosters and things, from when you did watch them and play them? Uh, it had changed from when I played to when I finally figured out that that pro wrestling was a thing. Mm. It was um, during uh, I played Shut Your Mouth. Yes. And yeah, and then shut your mouth when you participate in a pay-per-view in career mode, you could unlock these video packages. And that that was when I figured out that this shit is real. Yeah. And I can't remember how long after, probably not that long after. I looked up WWE.com because I don't know if you can remember or if you even played the game, but if you did, maybe you can remember that Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler had some sound bites. Yes. Uh, yeah, exactly. And then it struck me that JR something sometimes said, you know, like, um, visit www.com. And this was, uh, I'm from small town Denmark, so we had a dial-up connection at the time. <laughs> but I looked up www.com and I was like this new world opening up for me. And everything was changed. I mean, it wasn't shut your mouth. It was totally different. It was John Cena was already there, and John Cena was the doctor of thugonomics. He wasn't even in Shut Your Mouth, so it was. With Shut Your Mouth was pretty far behind from when I uh, came into the real world's wrestling, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, no, that um, that does make sense, and I mean, um, sort of like late to well, early two thousand and three time. Um, yeah. Was, yeah. Um, great time, you know. Brock Lesnar ruling the world. Kurt Angle on fire. SmackDown was the SmackDown used to be shown on Sky One here in the UK on a Saturday morning. Yeah. And before the network, um, I used to record them avidly on VHS tapes and had all of the oh. matches. Um, 
from yeah. each Saturday morning. And there was bottom line, if any of you remember that, listening to this, what was on afterwards. Oh, yeah. I, I actually I never listened to it, but I remember the name. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Highlights from, from Raw. Also, uh, what was it called? Oh... Nah, never mind. I can't remember. I think it was Todd Grisham who had the show. <laughs> oh, um, Afterburn. There was Afterburn as well. There was, was Afterburn, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, great names for shows as well. Great yeah, names. Yeah, yeah. Um, they should name pay-per-views those names because there was a tweet bite I saw this. recently. Uh, bite This. Yeah, Bite yeah. This was great as well. Yeah, that was the YouTube. That was the um, internet show, wasn't it? Like the call-in show. Um, it was. It was. That was yeah. awesome. Um, and that was, you know, kind of... I didn't get the internet until around that time around 2002 2003 and and you know being able to research more wrestling and research more about wwe because my introduction had predominantly been through video games posters vhs tapes and thing and the tv Mm -hmm. when we finally got satellite tv um and it's interesting because with the internet and with the satellite tv one of the other things i became introduced to like you did was tna or at the time nwa tna which Mm -hmm. was such an alternative to wwe in so many ways from the time you started watching tna was -hmm. there a particular match which really drew you in or a favorite Uh, when i got into um or the reason i got into tna or figured out it, it even existed uh, was actually because that at some point I started wondering where do all the people go? I mean, uh, I watched WWE, right? And then I watched some documentaries on the Monday Night Wars, and, you know, uh, the rise and fall of ECW. Oh, yeah. And I remember, and I remember from Shut Your Mouth, you know, there were guys like Rhino and Raven, people like that. And all of a sudden, they just weren't there. And I was <laughs> like, where the hell do they go? And thank God for the internet, because... That's how I found TNA. Yeah. And if I remember a particular match, <laughs> well, there's quite a few. Um, but on top of my head, I, of course, I, I actually believe it was Raven, the kind of like his name that got me connected to TNA. So I think that must be him winning the NWA title yes. in the King of the Mountain. That's, that's the first one I really remember. And then the X Division opened up for me or opened my eyes and then what i particularly remember is the triple threat between aj samoa joe and christopher daniels oh wow that blew my mind unbelievable match even today like that match is you know over it's over 15 years old and you know it's probably i've there are very few i think the interesting thing about wrestling for me is there are very few matches which i will go back and i will watch because of replayability and that the predictability of things kind of takes away replay value but there's something about that match in particular whether it's the speed at which they work whether it's the thrill of the crowd whether it's at mike today and don mm-hmm. last on commentary all the parts just played perfectly into one another and it's just it's sensational like you can't believe that these guys went out there and did that like what they did yeah unbelievable you know unbelievable you can't not become a wrestler after watching a match like that (laughs) (laughs) that was what did it for me brother (laughs) i can imagine You know, is there a particular <laughs> fit? Do you have a favorite spot in that match as well? Everyone's kind of got a favorite moment or a favorite spot. Do you have one which yes. always sticks with you? Yeah, I do. Um, but remember, this is from a uh, a young Peter's point of view. 
Yeah. Because I always fancied, you know, Billy Kidman's shooting star press. I thought that moved to be unbelievably athletic. It should be impossible to do that in my eyes at the time. So you can almost guess what my favorite spot is. Yes. <laughs> because when I saw AJ, you know, <laughs> jumping on that rope and shooting star press from inside the ring to the outside, I was like, my mind was blown. <laughs> like, he's effing insane, this guy. <laughs> you know? So that, that's what comes to my mind first when I think of that match. But also Samoa Joe clearing, you know, the top rope in a corkscrew. I was also like, holy shit. Oh, that, that was crazy. Like, yeah. You know, and, and the, 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 the spot for me, which always stands out, which many people have tried to recreate but have never done it as perfectly was the um the monkey flip into the um into the hurricane oh, yes yes um, that was also picture yeah, perfect I, yeah it was like because you didn't see it happening but the way they did it was just it was beautiful and 25 minutes of wrestling which mm-hmm. you know was just completely alternative to wwe like you said if you were wondering where because what i loved about it probably like you as well but like you said where do all the people from wwe go you had the people who'd gone from wwe you had rhino you had raven you had sean waltman you had Mm -hmm. you know um jeff jarrett who was you know the greatest heel at that point in the in in the world i believe um, but then you had all these new guys like AJ, Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, um, the America's Most Wanted, you know, oh, who were yeah. coming up. And, you know, it was such a great alternative. And, I mean, over here in the UK, Impact has always had quite a strong relationship with the UK and has been shown a lot more um, prominently to a wider fan audience. Was that the same over in Denmark, actually? Did you get more exposure to TNA? directly than wwe um with what you saw no we actually got exposed more to wwe uh but wrestling is something that has rarely been shown in denmark uh i remember they tried on a channel um when i was younger they tried it for a while but but the the shows were like five weeks behind or something like that something ridiculously behind um and when they introduced the show in Danish, you know, it's like they couldn't even, you know, get their names right. Oh, so it's God. like they wouldn't, they wasn't even trying, you know. It's, they always introduce it like, and now we're going to watch you. The WWE athletes like Rhino and Randy Nort. Oh, no. Already there. It was like, oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but um, it, it, it weren't on for a long time. I mean, it was a very short time it was on, so mostly it was the internet who did it here. For me, at least, it was. Uh, Yeah. So I don't know what I was exposed to more. Well, through video games, WWE, sure. But but on the internet, I I was free to pick whatever I wanted to watch. Yeah. Um, Same for a lot of fans, including myself. You know, the internet just opened up a whole... As it, you know, the World Wide Web, the world of wrestling just came, you know, at my fingertips. And, you know, it just all was there to be able to be watched. And, you know, it was thankfully through the internet that I was able to find, you know, Body Slam, which you are the, um, you know, reigning uh, Body Slam champion at the moment. Um, and what, um, 
in ter- so you you actually debuted for Body Slam from the research I've done back in 2016, and yes. it's fair to say that you've had a meteoric rise through the ranks and have held the Body Slam title twice. And you know what did it feel like, kind of that moment of being the guy and holding the Body Slam title? Did it did it feel like a big deal? Like was it a big moment to carry the shoulders of Body Slam? Uh, sorry, to carry Body Slam on your shoulders and be the face of the company. Well, uh, as I also said, you know, in, in previous podcasts I've been on, I'm a very humble guy. Uh, it's in my nature. So I was, the word I used most is I'm, I'm very, I was very honored, you know, that they even considered putting the title on me. Um, so yeah, in some way it was a big deal. It, it was, and I, and I was very happy, but also I felt like now I can't let them down, you know, like yeah. they give me the ball. Now they expect me to run with it. So I, I better do my job, you know, close to perfect or perfect as I can. Um, not that I, before being a champion, just thought, you know, oh, it's going to be a walk in the park. I just do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But now I really <laughs> felt like, you know, yeah, uh, I think that's the best way to explain it. Like, I really had to put in some, some, some hard work. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Always. Yeah. So in, in, in that way, yeah, it, it was a big deal. It was, and I, I was and still am very honored that they put the title on me twice. Yes. It yeah. means a lot. Absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, the opportunities, what it has given you is that you were able to, um, or you have, have wrestled um, over brief, briefly over in Germany for um, probably the largest... German independent promotion, which is WXW. And, you know, was that a, a thrill given the reputation WXW has had over in Europe and the, the sort of status it's built over the past, well, decade really more than anything else, you know, because of the 16 carat tournament and, you know, the amount of international talent who've come through. Was that an exciting thrill to go and wrestle over in Germany? Yes. It was very exciting, you know, and I got, again, I was uh, very honored to, you know, be part of uh, the showcase uh, of uh, Body Slam Pro Wrestling and Scandi Grabs in general over there. But I was also over there with two incredible, incredible good workers in uh, Michael Finn and uh, Emeritus. Yes. Um, those guys are incredible to work with. So I, I don't think I could go over there with, you know, a better pair of, of guys. Um, so again, I was very nervous because, okay, now, now I'm, now, now I'm here and they chose me to go with them. So don't let him down. Don't <laughs> let him down. Uh, I don't know if that's being too hard on myself. I don't think it is, but as you know, I just, I just like to, um, put in some good work. Yes. Be a good worker. Yeah. I can, you know, I can see, I've seen that through the matches you've produced and, you know, the matches you've had from what I've seen have been sensational, you know, and it's interesting you mentioned Michael Finn because it would be fair to say that he's probably, you're probably interlinked in terms of the rivalry and the matches you've had in Body Slam and, you know, the rise you've had, you know, against one another. And 
like what's it actually like being in there with with Michael and have you any sort of funny moments or you know amusing moments when you were in the ring together which always stick out to you from the matches you've had or backstage um which you know stick out to you well um i like to think uh that me and michael we have a very good chemistry uh first time i was with him in a big match situation that was the letter match in Holborn. Uh, the first time i won the title yes I don't know. I don't know what it was, but when I rewatch that match, I really love the beginning of the match because it's like watching a game of cat and mouse, and the match isn't really even begun. All <laughs> we see, you know, is just you know Michael entering the ring. Um, Peter Alexander doesn't really know if he want to be in the ring with him or go outside the ring. Should he attack him from behind? Or should he step back a little? And Michael Finn, you know, look over his shoulder a couple of times. I really like that chemistry that's there. Yeah. Like, that just happened naturally. Michael is a very charismatic guy. So, and easy to play ball with. Like, you are not, you are never in doubt whether he threw a ball at you, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah. So he, he can pass a ball and you can see it come and you just catch it and then you play along with it and vice versa. Um, and a funny story uh, would probably be, I remember uh, the first Body Slam show I watched here in Denmark and Michael main evented against Tank. And I was really invested in this show uh, considering it was a Danish wrestling show. So I didn't really have any big expectations. <laughs> because I wouldn't want to be disappointed, if you know what oh, I mean. I don't even. Um, but Body Slam pure their heart and soul in this show in Oldborn. And I really felt it, and I couldn't even imagine how much I invested in that show. But Michael was a heel at the time, and I invested so much in this show that I really hated that guy. <laughs> he was provocative as, you know. Yeah. So provocative. God, man, I wanted just to, you know, get my fingers on that dude. Then I meet the guy, have some match with the guy, and he's like, he's the nicest guy in the entire world. Really? <laughs> I couldn't even imagine, man. It was like, but, but of course, of course he is. He's, of course he's not like that when he's backstage. I could tell myself, but I was still thinking, imagine how soft-spoken he was and, <laughs> and, and, you know, how great a teacher he also is. You know, he listened. You Oh, sorry. When he speaks, you know, you, you better listen because he actually has some pretty good things to say and you can learn a lot from him. So it's like, that's probably the most mind blowing experience I have, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. With him. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, I, I love the match you've had and the ladder match was, you know, sensational. Like you said, it was a great, you know, cat and mouse game. And I like the fact that, as you were mentioning earlier on, the storytelling element, matches like like ladder matches in sort of WWE and a lot of other sort of American promotions you may say kind of are more with the spectacle and the bells and whistles and the high spots whereas it's very kind of much like the you know it's a lot more slow paced but it feels a lot more realistic in the sense of you know it, it doesn't feel kind of out of this world 
crazy and it's not as and and although it is dangerous it's not as kind of like you watch these money in the bank ladder matches and you watch some of these stuff what these guys do and you think you know this is you know scary stuff like you know trying to up everyone is a hard thing to be able to do you know and it the bar keeps getting put higher and higher and mm-hmm. you know it, it was great to be able to watch something which was a lot more it harks back to a different time, but it was refreshing because it did that, if that makes sense. And it was really great to be able to see you both going at it and, you know, the the status at which you both... You could, you could tell there was a real kind of um, want to hold the title and to, you know, win the match, which is what the storyline element, which I love, you know, in terms of, like you said, the Scandigrap mm. style. Um, and it's also interesting as well because you just mentioned Tank, you know, who you've said before is one of your main influencers. And you actually faced him at one point with the body slams mm-hmm. on the line. And what was it like getting into the ring with Tank? And, you know, was it a scary experience given kind of how physical Tank can be? And, you know, was it exciting? What was that like? I really enjoy wrestling Tank. Uh, because we have the same idea when it comes to like, you know, how physical can one be? Uh, and he also, oh, he still does uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So he also has, you know, a background of some sort. Um, but with that, but with Tank, you know, it's like, I always enjoyed the physicality between me and Tank. Uh, like, um, at one point, you know, I, I'm going to slap him. I remember that. And, and Tank was just like, you know, if you're going to slap me, you know, just F and slap me. <laughs> right? Don't, don't, don't slap a thigh or, or just hit with your fingers. And then we just imagine, no, you, you slap me and people are going to hear it. And he's going to give me one back. And I'm like, well, you just slap me right back. And when he does his cannonball, it's like, Jesus, he put his weight into that goddamn <laughs> cannonball. <laughs> nah, it's, for his size, he actually does it very, very insane. Uh, to be honest, there was one time where I was just, I think it was a um, hardcore tornado attack and Tank was supposed to uh, cannonball first Emeritus and me afterwards. We were in opposite corners, right? Yeah. And I remember just being captivated by the moment. So I forgot that I was supposed to be cannonballed by Tank. Up until the point I see his big ass, you know, on his way into my face, <laughs> more or less. So I got pumped for air. But that's, you know, a mistake on, on my behalf. But, but really, I, I enjoy wrestling tank. And I, you know, really hope that we're going to see a lot more, to, uh, you know, to each other in the ring. Um, also, because tank has a uh, great psychology, he uh, really understands how to build up a match, you know, to make it look, as you say, uh, realistic. But you still know you're watching wrestling, you know. Yeah. 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 Um, so he's also a very good storyteller. Yeah. Really. He, he, you are working with him. Yeah, he, he really is. Um, and I actually didn't know about his um, background in mixed martial arts because, you know, what's interesting is we've seen a lot of mixed martial artists trans transition into professional wrestling. You know, we've seen guys like originally it was Ken Shamrock, but then we've seen, you know, like Tom Lawler and, um, you know, Matt Riddle and in general, you know, like in the United States and things. But um, mm. it's exciting because, you know, 
do you think that it gives you a more because they always say that amateur wrestlers always make better professional wrestlers you know in the past and do you think that mixed martial art it, kind of in the modern day do you think that having a background in mixed martial arts transitions you well into the world of pro wrestling and gives you more opportunities to be able to show more character work and more of your um personality you know in that sense and be able to sort of spread your wings a little bit well um, for me it uh, you know it helped in the athletic department like I, I i could i could roll pretty easy and taking bombs was also pretty easy for me um because i have that background i can move my feet you know what i mean right yeah but um where it didn't do me any good to be honest was actually when we were wrestling because i was way too stiff mm-hmm. when i uh, moved you know when we locked up for yeah. instance i was way too stiff when 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 I had someone in a headlock. I was way too stiff. He didn't have a chance to move whatsoever. And that kind of like destroys, you know, the, the flow we are trying to, to, to create. If I hold too tight and he can't move, then, then we have a problem, you know? Yeah. Um, so in that department, it didn't do me any good. I had to be reschooled, so to say. Like, you can loosen up a little bit, Peter. You don't need to really try and tear his head off. <laughs> take it easy you also have to go to work tomorrow you know so yeah he's up guy yeah uh but but yeah the other system you know that was my ace i could do that pretty easy but the working part i had to work on um maybe back in the day where pro wrestling really you know resembled wrestling where where like really back in the day uh where, where the, the holds were tight and you could work a wrist like for yeah. five minutes right until the guy started massaging his fingers because oh no I don't have any blood in my hand anymore maybe it was a um, a good thing to have an amateur wrestling background not saying it still is today but from personal experience having a martial arts background especially with grappling I had trouble with them being way too stiff yeah for anyone's good yeah um you know yeah it's, it's being able to kind of balance out the um like you said be, being stiff but then you know not being too um you know sort of uh, unsafe you may say or, or like you said being mm-hmm. loose toning it down slightly because you've got to look after the person you're with in the ring you know and like you said earlier on work every night and be able to you know, wrestle essentially because, you know, you've got to be able and have the respect of the opponents. You know, you can't just take advantage in the ring because there's that unwritten code and that, you know, respect between yeah. and the like. Um, and, yep. you know, it, it's interesting as well because, you know, in it was about a year ago because when I was doing research and looking, watching matches and things, um, you actually wrestled um, a few people um, from in, international wrestlers, so you had the opportunity to wrestle guys like TK Cooper and Chris Brooks, and also the great Chuck Mambo, um, who was a mm-hmm. great character. Um, oh yeah, with um, Emirat, sorry, Emeritus, is that how you pronounce it? Mm-hmm. Emeritus, yeah. Um, yeah, fine. And you know, obviously, the British scene at that point was well, it still is, but you know, it, it was huge given the you know, like 
the British Revolution and stuff like that. And was it exciting, you know, because of the British style, like you were saying, it being physical and a bit more sort of um, catch as can, you may say, getting in there with the UK guys. And have is one of your ambassadors, sorry, is one of your ambitions to visit the UK um, and wrestle for a UK promotion someday? Yeah, I, I hope so. Um, I really like uh, wrestling with the UK guys because they have the intensity that uh, that I you know seek or what you call it have no problem with. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. It's not like I mean you can feel it, but it's like in a good way. You are not in doubt of what you're supposed to be selling. So it ain't too soft, but it ain't so stiff that you need an ice bag afterwards. Yes. <laughs> so it's just that uh, fine little line they're balancing on. And I, I like that, especially wrestling, uh, you know, uh, escaping the mid-card, TJ Cooper and, and Chuck Mambo. Yeah. That was awesome. Like, um, I, I, it was also the match of the year, actually. Yes. <clears throat> but that was an awesome experience wrestling them. Uh, and the crowd went nuts, <laughs> especially for uh, well, it was TK's first time, but Mambo is kind of like a regular, yeah. So the, the crowd loves Chuck Mambo, as you said, they, they're just his kind of guy, or their <laughs> kind of guy. Uh, I mean, who wouldn't love him? No, um, yeah, he's um... uh, but that's but that's also do you know the funny thing about wrestlers from UK coming over here to Denmark. And Sweden, for that matter, <clears throat> because the crowd here expects you know something different. Okay, they like a good spot fest every now and then. If if the entire card is filled up with storytelling, 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 that's gonna get boring in the end. So sometimes yeah. it's nice you know getting. We had a match between the people Mike Bailey and Lucky Kid uh, at the time, Lucky Kid, which was insane. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was kind of like you know this breath of fresh air in the match card. Because now we had, you know, a lot of Danish wrestling, a lot of storytelling, and then in comes these guy, and they're kind of like, you know, just tearing the entire place apart. I mean, there was moonsaults on balconies, seven outside dives. So in that way, it was a fresh breath of air. But what Mambo loves, or at least so I heard, maybe he can correct me if I'm entirely wrong, but wrestling for the Danish crowd is awesome because they don't, they appreciate the small things. Like, grabbing a guy in the neck or in the back of his head, right? And then just point at the corners and then the crowd will yell like, yes, that corner. No, what about that corner? Yes, that corner. No, what about that? You know, <laughs> they were taking time and, and, and just feeding on that spot, just pointing at corners, making the crowd yell every time he pointed at a corner, bump his head in the corner, boom, and point in another corner. And they would just go like, fuck yes, <laughs> do it again. So that's that's the Danish crowd, and also from my experience, the Swedish crowd. I mean, they um, they pop at nothing. I mean, they're not they're just appreciative. Yeah, really, that's what I'm trying to say. Yes. So that's also been fun for the UK guys. I've heard coming here and like, oh shit, we can do that here. That's awesome. Like, they almost you know pop on a body slam, or they do pop on a body slam. <laughs> just hearing the bump, they're like, yes. This is wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, yeah, you know, it, it's it's awesome because that that actually feeds well into another question I had, um, which is, mm-hmm. you know, the, the um, indie promotions have always been, you know, um, known for 
having very loyal and and especially like international indie promotions loyal and passionate fans you know ecw is probably the most famous you know but um progress as we've mentioned and you know um other international promotions have these fans which are there every week they sit in the same spot Mm -hmm. they have the same clothes you know they have a little gimmick themselves so they get known by the wrestlers and you know the the fans and you know they they have a community of their own and like with body slam um the other fans just as for those who haven't seen just as as you've mentioned an, an integral part of the show as much as the wrestlers and as a wrestler yourself have you any sort of fond or funny memories or experiences with particular fans at events you've wrestled at or you know um you've been at like has there been any funny things what have sort of um stuck with you well it was uh last time we was in uh, copenhagen and uh, by the way if you have to experience a body slam show in the future at some time i will definitely you know say come to copenhagen when we're there uh the crowd there is nuts oh really yeah. in a good way you know, in a really good way, but they're all there's this group of people that are actually behind Peter Olsen. For what reason I do not know, but <laughs> they are. Um, but they're, I mean, they even made book covers similar to mine that they bring uh, to the shows. You know, I have this book of truth, and they they recreated the cover. <laughs> they sit with those. And last time we were in Copenhagen was uh, the big turn where Emeritus, you know, had enough. Finally beats my ass. Or a little, not not fulfilling. But he does, he turns, boom, I go down. And this group of people actually had signs made ready with a picture of Emeritus on where in big letters it said Judas, you know, across the the picture. (laughs) I really, they're smart, and yeah. I think I think that was funny. That was a nice little detail. I believe there's pictures of it also where they sit with the, the pictures of Emeritus, where it says Judas, you're a Judas. <laughs> but they're there every time, and, and really, I, they're the only ones chilling for me. But it's nice. I love them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's such a. The wrestlers I've spoken to in the past have always said that you know the the fans are what make the show and you know having so many like you said they are smart but i think they become such a part of the show in the sense like you said then where they'll do something which sticks with you and then it can become part of the you know gimmick going forward or it can become part of the you know the storyline or for example you know like the um mm-hmm. the the events going on in the you know the rivalry they, i think it really adds to it and it and it must be you must be incredibly flattered as well to be able to you know have people who you know reach out to you in that sense and you know are, are behind you you know it must be a great kind of um i want to say the word comfort in a way in the sense that you know it must be hard like as a as a wrestler kind of finding your way and then when you have found your way you know having those fans there who were with you the whole from start to now and how they you know have seen your journey and are with you it must be a great comfort to have that with you you know that some people are there with you all the way 
Oh, it is. Oh, it, it, it surely is. Uh, even though that, that I see myself as being this old school heel, I, I really enjoy when people boo me. Yeah. So the more they boo me, the more I enjoy it. But, you know, but this little group of people, man, I, I wouldn't know what I would do without them in Copenhagen, to be honest. They would just miss if they weren't there. They're, they're really they're really great. <laughs> um, but other than that, I'm, I'm mostly just you know, an old school heel. Um, and the more they boo, you know, the, the more I, I, I like to think that I've done my job good, like really good, or at least good enough. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I mean, is it... Um... I mean, that's the whole thing as well. I mean, when people respond to you in that way and they do, you know, you are a heel and you're able to push that boundary and get people really amped up, you know, that's a, that's a great thing to be able to, to be able to do. And, and, and is it in terms of the fan thing as well? I mean, obviously I'm here from the UK and Scandi Graps is growing, you know, I would say internationally in a sense, because I have seen the trend, you know, traveling over to the united states and things does it amaze you that you know there are fans outside of denmark and europe who you know have connected with you through social media or like we are now talking on the podcast like is it is it quite an amazing thing to think that you know say like a few years ago you may have like body slam might not have been known internationally is it a great thrill that yes to, to put it bluntly yes <laughs> that's a that's a that's a that's a great feeling. Um, all not only to be recognized, but also hearing you know the great response on Body Slam, you know, as, as a product because we present you know something different, or at least we try to do, and, and what we can present is being appreciated. Uh, sometimes even it even feels like it's something that's been missed, you know, in wrestling. Um, hopefully it is but but all in all yeah yeah it, that's a great feeling that, that is being appreciated what we do uh, yeah not only in Den- not only in denmark but, but scandinavian as a whole but as a dane coming from this little country it means a lot to mm-hmm. me that we're getting recognition you know outside of our, our own borders yeah. um, i'm yeah. i'm you know i'm just incredibly you know amazed that for me because of being a lifelong fan of wrestling but you know being a um passionate about the independence you know i i'm mm-hmm. always looking for the you know the underground kind of off the beaten track promotions whether they be in you know the known countries of america or you know up until a few years ago i didn't even know that denmark had in you know independent promotions and it's the work of body slam which you know and yourself which has helped me to you know become introduced to all of that um new style of wrestling and all these new wrestlers including yourself you know um and i i'm just so thrilled that you know there is more wrestling in europe which you know i mean i think for a lot of fans european wrestling kind of revolves around the british scene which it does to an extent but there's so much more out there and you know the the body slam promotion which you're part of you know is proof of that because you've been doing incredible stuff you know there's no denying that and before i mean obviously we're in kind of a funny period at the moment but with the way things are now are you hoping that you know there will be increased 
international sorry increased interna- international expansion and sort of outreach of body slam to people around the world and you know maybe touring you know the rest of europe as well as scandinavia i mean is that the ambition to be able to go further with the promotion i don't know if that's the ambition to be honest i'm probably the wrong guy speaking to about that but, <laughs> but I, I can i can i can talk from my own point of view and for me that would be that would be awesome because as, as i've told other people it's like i would have i would like it for body slam pro or just Scandi grabs in its whole in its whole to be another alternative. Like you said, now the UK scene is dominating a lot. Uh, a lot of eyes, you know, are looking at British wrestling. Uh, if we could just be the alternative to that, that would actually make me happy. Yes. If we could just, you know, get that. Anything bigger than being an alternative to British wrestling for me would be just a bonus. But but the goal would be the alternative or just an alternative. Yeah, if you understand. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's what I'm hoping for. That's that's what I'm dreaming of. That we can be that alternative. But as I said, anything bigger than that, I will be just fine. Yeah, just fine. That will be a bonus. <laughs> Let's just get it all. But if we can get to that point of being an alternative, I will be happy. I will yeah. be really happy. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I I love what you've been doing, and I love your work, and I love the work of Body Slam. I think, you know you're a phenomenal wrestler and you're a phenomenal promotion doing great things and as you said you know one of my ambitions as we said just off of off air is to come and visit Denmark and I will come to Copenhagen and see you in action you know over in Body Slam I've got to go and do it now you know um mm-hmm. when the restrictions are lifted um and just kind of the final question um mm-hmm. it's kind of a bit of a two-part question but um in terms of like 21 2021 heading into 2022 have you any strong ambitions sort of in terms of you know your wrestling career and with that are there any dream countries or any dream promotions or matches you would like to have which you know you like a wrestler you've seen you think oh wow i'd love to go and wrestle them or a promotion you've seen you think oh wow i'd love to go and wrestle there is there any ambition to do that in the next couple of years for you to be able to go and do that well um now that my son is getting older uh, i would like to go abroad to wrestle um at least my ambition to go abroad and wrestle is bigger now than it was for when he was a baby right because yeah. then i have my little family here and, and such but, he, but he's getting older now so we also to me my girlfriend I, I, I talk about uh, maybe taking a weekend if if you know i got booked somewhere then take a weekend to that country or maybe even a week whatever so we could do some kind of family trips so i would really like to go to yeah shit i don't know the uk would be you know a good place i guess Hmm. I just, and, and that's, we can also talk about any dream opponent, because to be honest, I just pride myself on being a good worker. Yeah. So where there's work, I will be, if you know yes. what I mean. Yes. So if whoever needs me, I will, I will come if possible. And, and I will do a good job, at least the best I can. And dream opponents, I don't, I don't really have dream of opponents and such. 
put me in the ring with someone and we'll find out if we click and work together and if we can good if we can't well let's then we just don't want to do it again you know <laughs> i just uh, i just want to wrestle yes um yes uh, <laughs> so yeah I, I just pride myself in being a good worker really yeah uh, so it's yeah i don't know if this answer was pretty down or boring but but I, yeah i just pride myself you know on being a good worker that's all so yeah no, not all. I mean, you know, that's the ambition of that. I think anyone, as long as, well, anyone can wrestle anybody and they can create magic. And, you know, I think the, like you said, the passion of being a good worker and being able to, and if, and if a company would like to have you on their show, you know, I, I know that uh, Peter Alessandro will have the match of the night if not the match of the year on the show due to the work you've done over in, you know, body slam. Well, thank you. No, oh, you're oh, welcome. Now, now, now I really need to, you know, put yeah. on big boy, no. big boy pants. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. No, I, I, you know, I, I said when we were off air, you know, I'm a massive fan of your work and the work you've put in over in body slam and the matches you've had with so many different opponents, you know, the, the variety of styles you're able to wrestle and the variety of, um, you know matches you've had in terms of different opponents i think it, it says a lot about what makes, well, as you just mentioned what makes a good worker and you know i know that anyone any promotion who you know is looking um would was looking for a wrestler from of scandy graps you know they couldn't go wrong with mm. signing you to a show against any opponent you know because i know that it would be you know the match of the night if by far you know, so I can't wait for that to happen. And I'm looking. Not forward. me neither, man. No. Um, fingers crossed. Yes. Fingers crossed. Maybe if we're lucky, you don't even need to come to Copenhagen to meet me. Maybe I'll come to the UK. We don't. We don't know. Yes. We don't know. Maybe. But of course, if you if you want an experience a body slam show, then don't wait for me to come to the UK. Just <laughs> come over here whenever, right? Or Absolutely. when the pandemic's over. Sorry. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I can't wait to do that, and you know, I hope that you know that things do improve for everybody over in as as here in the UK but over in Denmark as we mentioned off air you know because we want to be able to come and visit over in um you know Denmark and Copenhagen body slam and we want to be able to share you know our fandom with all you guys as well and you know it's a uh, it'll all get better sooner you know sooner rather than later and you know I just hope that you're able to keep safe and just get back in the ring soon and get back to what you love, you know, um, because that's the main thing. And as I've said earlier on, you know, just, and I say this to all my, especially at the moment with everything that's going on, but just thank you for, you know, um, sacrificing your bodies, especially at this time of COVID, which the risks are even more heightened due to the, pandemic you know to be able to entertain us so just thank you for being able to do that as well and keep us entertained peter you know it means a lot so thank you no problem i love entertaining people so yeah <laughs> and it's been a you know it's been an absolute pleasure being able to speak to you this evening you know i definitely would like to do it again at some point and talk more about you know your career or your interests or anything you know if we yeah. can find the time um it'd be it'd be brilliant so just thank you and... It will be my pleasure, man.
Thank you. And um, just to finish off, if you have any social media you'd like to plug or where people can find you to be able to follow what you've been doing, just fire away. It's all yours. Oh, thank you. You can find Peter Alessander on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, it's just look for Peter Alessander. Really, that's, uh, that's my name on all three uh, uh, social network apps. Um, I'm mostly active on Twitter and Instagram, though. Uh, but during the pandemic, not super active so we're all waiting to get uh past this pandemic but until then at least uh twitter and instagram that should be a sure winner absolutely and, and peter Oli sander <laughs> the truth <laughs> yes oh thank you peter it's been an absolute pleasure you know and um, likewise hi welcome and just to uh, finish off, you can find uh, BBG Wrestling at Twitter at BBG Wrestling, and you can find our website at www.bbgwrestling.com. So that does it for me, Stephen Jackson, aka DJ215, with this wonderful interview with the truth, Peter Alessander. And um, I'll catch you all again soon, everybody. So see you later. And you too, Peter. See you later. See you later. See ya. <laughs>